Hello, welcome back to Wild in Theology, assuming you've been here before. Today, we are going to be talking about a trip that Will and I did together, and this was our first ever time tripping together, and Will's first time doing LSD. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's um i don't know what to say about it it was an interesting time and there are some le- good lessons that came from it yeah, so. yeah it was like the uh the wild entheology company acid yeah trip. that's what we called it yeah <laughs> as you'll probably see from the title of the podcast itself. <laughs> oh is that what we're gonna call it okay oh, yeah we are okay yeah. i'm putting my foot down on that one we're gonna call it that <laughs> okay great i hope oh. you guys enjoy okay hi will <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I guess we can get into um, yeah, I guess the beginning of your trip. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So doing acid mm-hmm. together is a big undertaking. <laughs> it was anxiety-inducing. For sure, it yeah. was. Like, I can't tell you how much apprehension I had about going into this mm-hmm. this trip with you, which is really interesting because for a while now we've both been exploring psychedelics yeah alongside each other but never together really you yeah. know and we have this passion and we have all this shared knowledge and we love psychedelics mm-hmm. obviously we have this podcast dedicated to them but and like this is the reason why we decided like this is important for us to do but there was so much anxiety <laughs> and discomfort going into it <laughs> for many yeah. reasons i mean yeah. i I, in so many ways, I see us as very different people mm. and especially in our approach to tripping. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a very open and mysterious place. And you never like, I think something that I think most people can agree on when it comes to psychedelics is that you never know what you're going to get <laughs> in a lot of ways. Of course, there are some consistencies and there's like setting intentions and all the preparation, but at the end of the day, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, it's such an emotionally vulnerable time that mm-hmm. like, like I've cried during a trip. Yeah. Um, Writhed yeah. around in Writhed ecstasy. around in ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. Like contorting your body and stuff like this. Like, it, yeah, it's just like, it can be very embarrassing sometimes because like you don't know how the other person even though like i know that you're not going to judge me and like i hope you know that i'm not going to judge you it's so just being in that state with somebody else is very daunting yes exactly especially for the first time yeah this was a whole new experience because i've really only personally tripped with one other person Hmm. my friend hashmita shout out (laughs) to my girl um but yeah this was like a new experience and yeah Honestly, now that you mention it, yeah, like I haven't tripped with anybody since 2015 or 14. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like since then, all of my trips have just been very, very intense, mm-hmm. right? And just like that intensity, it's like, oh man, I have to feel that intensity is intimidating enough. But to even feel that intensity with another person there, mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, no, I don't want to do yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. Because like, both of us, now that mm-hmm. we've kind of made it about like this personal exploration time yeah. of discovery and whatever else, um, it seems necessary to go there alone because mm-hmm. when you're alone, like for me, when I'm alone, I'm, 
I mean, I'm not going to be embarrassed of myself, with myself. Like, mm. I, I'll just allow anything that comes up. Like, I'll cry as hard as I want. I'll writhe as much as I want. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's, there's no inhibition to just, like, letting it all happen. But as soon as there's, like, another person, it's like, oh, can I do this around them? Can mm. I be this way around them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was going through all that. And on top of that... It being in my apartment made me super frantic about yeah like cleaning up. Like the morning of our acid trip, usually I would be like, oh, like meditate, get into the zone, get ready to trip. Yeah. I was like so anxious, cleaning everything, cleaning every room, making sure everything was perfect and trying to like set things up and like trying to anticipate every possible thing that could happen. And it's really interesting because... As I was journaling about this, like mm. this, this way of preparation, I was really, I became very aware of something that I realized I have, what's the word, inherited from my parents. Yeah. Like just every time when I was a kid, when I lived back home, every time someone would come over, like if we knew, like we were having people over, there oh, was always yeah, like yeah. this frantic, like we have to clean. Everything yeah. has to be like perfectly clean. And I was like, why like why do we have to work so hard just to present to everybody like that we are these like perfectly clean people that live like totally neatly and organized all the yeah, time yeah. when we're not and that's fine like we're not hoarders we're not like filthy people yeah i don't know it's just like and i i do that like every time someone's coming over to my house i'm like it has to be yeah. my family is the exact yeah. same way yeah yeah <laughs> um i remember when i first started dating this girl a couple of years ago i would like clean the whole place mm -hmm. myself before she got there, even though it wasn't like my day for like the, the bathroom or my day for the kitchen, whatever yeah. it was, I would like at least do a little bit of a clean. So she didn't see any crumbs or anything like oh, that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, just like, I could not have somebody see my house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, good on you for that. Cause I've definitely gone over to guys places <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It is. There is a level. Uh, there's a degree to which it is like just courteous. Like you're having yeah, somebody over, clean sure. up. But yeah, it doesn't have to be like anxiety. And Taking basic. a toothbrush to the baseboards yeah. and stuff like that's a little bit too extreme. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I definitely felt on edge about it being in my apartment. Yeah. And also, also feeling like because it was in my space that I was somehow responsible, or I had to like. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Like when you're having somebody in your place, like the, it activates that like kind of responsibility mode of like someone being there. Like I have yeah. to take care of you. I have to offer you water. I have to make sure yeah. you're comfortable at all times and like cater to you. Mm -hmm. And obviously like, that's not what we were doing. We were trying to do psychedelics and like let go completely and have an experience. Yeah. But I couldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was really hung up on that. So it was basically just like going in being very in your head and neurotic yeah exactly neurotic mm. is the word and i mean a nice part about it in the morning i did go and buy flowers nice because yeah yeah I yeah like i mean i haven't talked about my past acid trips yet on this podcast but something that's come up for me in the past one doing like one life-changing trip i had which was like alone in my room doing a large for me dose mm -hmm. was like meeting my godparents 
And like basically the essence of acid is now associated with these gods that I met. And I really like through acid is how I like communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And buying tulips and roses that morning, these were like my offerings to the gods <laughs> of acid. <laughs> So yeah, it, nice. it means a lot to me, and it's very like ritualistic. In my yeah, life, yeah. So. It, it's it's setting the stage. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I'm glad that I did that, but everything else was anxiety. Mm -hmm. You want to say anything about your morning of your preparation process? I mean, I basically just had my normal morning routine, meditated. I think what time did I get here? Like eleven thirty. Oh yeah, eleven thirty. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like I had time to meditate. I had a shower. Uh, I just like kind of took it very easy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had the benefit of not being the one to like prepare the yeah space. but even yeah. if you were like would you have done that for some reason i was thinking about it and i'm like will's probably just like chilling the fuck out right now like yeah yeah so i felt fine <laughs> i felt fine that morning great obviously. i'm well, so glad no i like i had a very relaxing preparation but i was definitely anxious again just not knowing what's gonna happen yeah mm -hmm. it was just a very uh a little bit of dread just like kind of hanging over you know like mm -hmm. what's gonna happen is it gonna be okay like what's going on especially your first time yeah yes yeah. honestly the first time i wasn't like i wasn't really nervous about the fact that it was my first time it was more just doing it with another person that yeah. was really like the thing that was taking over my mind at that point for sure yeah and do you feel like we prepared adequately do you feel like i can't even no <laughs> Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like yeah. I was being neurotic in my head, running, like putting all my, like externalizing all of my anxiety onto the physical space. Yeah. And as much as we kind of said like, hey, this is an area of discomfort for both of us. We, we didn't really like fully sit down and hash all of that out and just get yeah. it off our show. Especially like the yeah. morning of, like you came over and... I don't even remember what we did, but we took it like pretty soon. Yeah. I think we did have a good chat about like how we felt and stuff like this. Cause I remember the one trip that you were sitting for me. We, you came over and we were just like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, cool. And mm -hmm. then I took it. And then afterward we were like, I mean, I was so anxious going into it. We like didn't talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Whereas this time I, I did think we talked about it. Yeah. But I think this is like a different conversation, but we're both in university right now and there's just so much coming at you with university mm -hmm. that you don't really have a lot of time to like sit down and prepare your mind mm -hmm. for healing, mm -hmm. which is like a little bit fucked up that you don't have time yeah. to heal yourself because you're just so busy with school. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that that is an important part of the context that this trip yeah. falls in because we were like mid semester and there was a lot going on. But we did decide to prioritize this. We were like, I mean, the initial date that we had planned for it was like, didn't work out because of school, because mm -hmm. of having too much going on. And then... Like a week later. Like, yeah, we moved it a week later. Mm. But even then, it kind of felt spontaneous. Like it didn't yeah. feel... I didn't feel like I was like... I don't know. I usually don't even put myself like too much pressure on myself to mm. like be very, very, very prepared as long as I have like a clear intention of why I was doing it. Yeah. Really the only intention was for us to bond. Yeah. And to explore this space together since, yeah. we, since we haven't and we're embarking on this project. So it felt like a necessary thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like mm -hmm. we've been friends for let's say five years. Yeah. Right. So we'd already bonded a lot as friends, but having that kind of intimate 
situation where we're on LSD together and like really getting in touch with our mo- emotions together, especially as now like co-hosts of this podcast, of co-creators of this thing. Mm-hmm. Our goal is really to get together and just like bond on that new level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So we've taken it now. We've mm-hmm. taken LSD. I yeah. took a half of a tab and you took a third, a third of a tab. Yeah. And we went into my room. And we're like, okay, we're just going to come up on drugs now. Like, (laughs) there's always that wait after you take a psychedelic where it's like, oh, we're in it now. It's done. Anything can happen. We're in it. And then also like the daunting feeling of like, okay, the come up can be uncomfortable. I find it less sickening than mushrooms, the come up for LSD, but. um, Yeah. I barely felt the come up, honestly. Mm -hmm. It was like. (laughs) just kind of snuck up on me yeah yeah interesting i'm excited to hear about that (laughs) because mine was a very like it was like a bumpy ride (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay okay yeah so i was sitting on the bed you were sitting on the ground yeah and like you kind of picked up a book and we were kind of like content with being quiet like we we weren't pressuring like we have to have conversation now yeah yeah we're just kind of trying to find that comfort but i really couldn't find comfort comfort like i was sitting on the bed and I had the daunting task of picking the music. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a huge spot for me <laughs> that yeah. I was like a, a big point of something that I had to deal with across this trip. And in general, before this trip, for as long as I can remember, I just have a really close relationship with music. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just like the type of person where like music really like it just speaks to me. I'm just it's just really intimate. (laughs) But it is like I'm serious. I don't know like it's weird because it's not like this for everybody. So like I I don't like music is one of those things that like everybody has a strong relationship with. Obviously, it invokes a lot of emotion and it's associated with your experiences in life. But I most people can share that pretty casually it seems like people talk about Mm. the music they like people are like oh like i'll put on my music i'll play i'll share this i have not been like that ever yeah it's like this thing that is so it's one of those things that when something is so close to your authentic self that you want to hide it away because it's so vulnerable almost and you're like oh if i share that then it's going to hurt more than if i don't Right, because then you know? you're like you're putting yourself on the chopping block, kind of. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and not that like I I don't even know where this came from. Like I think it's just in general learning to hide my authentic self because mm. I I can't remember like a time from my childhood where somebody like shamed me for listening to a certain song. Yeah, but like I, it's just been a, a point of like something I felt I needed to hide because of how close it felt to me. Yeah, because it felt like a really vulnerable spot, mm-hmm. and. It's not like I even have like some ridiculous peculiar taste. I just like, I don't know. And that's another thing that I learned on acid from that one wild personal trip that I had Yeah, was like the meaning of music to me and how each song or playlist or album that I enjoyed was like a room. Yeah, yeah. And in that room was an entire experience, an entire time in my life filled with the people and the emotions and everything mm-hmm. and like real and unreal like imagined fantasies and what actually happened yeah, like it yeah. encompassed all of it for that time in my life back in the day when you would burn cds yeah yeah 
I burnt a CD for every single month of my life. <laughs> and that CD would represent that month. And if I went back yeah. to it, I'd be transported back into that month. And every single month I was like trying to discover new music to add to it. And I was just like obsessed with finding new music and I yeah. wanted like all of it. There's so much of it out there. And there I was, is. I was like, Oh, I want to find more bands, more songs, more obscure, different things, like keep adding to it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it was amazing. Yeah. And like, I still find that, like I still make, I have like over a hundred playlists on Spotify oh, that really? just like oh my God. represent like a pocket of a feeling yeah. of time. Yeah. And yeah. And especially, especially going into psychedelic experiences it's like yeah. music is such a huge part of that and it can really be obviously a part of the setting which is shaping your experience in the trip yeah and if you're already like really neurotic about like creating the perfect setting for the guest yeah music is just another part of that and oh your history God. of it that's the thing that's yeah. the thing is like you were there and it was activating that like social pressure to present in a certain way on every level yeah so first of all cleaning my home having the pro proper space but then all of a sudden picking the music so i wasn't i wasn't asking myself like what do you want to listen to right now mm -hmm. i was asking myself what can i play that will <laughs> appeal to will and not not threaten my <laughs> i don't know yeah because if it is just appeal to will i don't want to listen to that music while i'm on fucking no stuff. exactly exactly but and but like yeah. yeah appeal to will but also be okay with me yeah and i think like i was like oh just pick something generic and then don't worry about it but then that's not authentic to me like i don't want to listen to whatever fucking generic thing yeah. is and i think i put on like some random spotify playlist with like ambient electronic mixes and stuff mm -hmm. and like we're like trying to come up ease into this trying to like let go and i just like that was a huge point i was like i hate this everything that came on i was like i don't want to listen to this right now yeah and then it was like it didn't feel right to me and i was just like oh but i can't play what i really want to listen to because like that's weird or like that's too close to home and i'm not ready to be there yet yeah i don't know it's <laughs> it's really I just, I was so afraid of being judged. And this is like not grounded in anything but my perception of what I think others might think. Yeah, yeah. And like going through so many loops to try to produce myself to appeal to other people. Yeah. But I can never know. And like, I just basically it's a lose-lose situation. Because like, sure, I'm yeah. not being authentic to myself. And you're not getting the authentic me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, again, like I said, you're just in such a, a vulnerable state already. And then, again, you have this thing that you're very protective of and very close to you. Mm -hmm. And now you're, like, being vulnerable or trying to be vulnerable with that, too. Mm -hmm. And so you're just, like, yeah, you're, you're just, like, constantly referring back to, like, this idea of, like, what you need it to be for somebody else. Yeah. Because people want to see your authenticity. Like, I want you to show me music that, like, makes you feel something. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't want you to, like, guess what I want to listen to. Mm -hmm. That's not me, like, exploring who you are and the things you like. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people make that mistake. Like, a lot of people pleasers. I've definitely been that, too. And it's like, you, you try so hard to, like, make this curated thing for somebody else's enjoyment. 
when it's like they don't want that they already experience themselves mm -hmm. all the time they want yeah. to experience something else yeah, yeah exactly regardless of like like obviously it's something that we build up in our heads yeah. and it's it's coming from a place of wanting to keep ourselves safe like it's the ego wanting to be safe like i don't want to be judged or i don't want somebody to be like oh this music sucks like you're dumb for liking this <laughs> you know because then that hurts me yeah but like if if that's the fear that's not based in reality because i don't think you'd ever do that mm. i mean i i mean maybe you would but then if that if, if that's the biggest thing that could happen like is that really so awful we yeah. just you just don't like it yeah like okay so what i, I like mean, it <laughs> exactly yeah because even if i didn't like it i'd never be like oh that shit turn it off like number one um but yeah like my my taste in music is, is like i like all music of course uh -huh. well, I'm, I'm not all music okay like except some dance. country no, yeah <laughs> actually I've, I've been getting a little bit into country me too it's nice yeah. actually i do too um but i like like <laughs> metal like death metal and and gent and all that kind of like extreme yeah. metal kind of stuff um I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just a thing. It's like, it's part of you, but it isn't you. And I think that was the thing mm -hmm. that I was experiencing was like seeing how deeply like I identified with this thing that was completely external to me that I yeah. felt judged for like every single note that was played <laughs> in every single song that came yeah, on. Okay. And I was like, this is reflective as me of me as a human being. And like, if it's not perfect, then I'm not perfect. And I'm, I don't know. Yeah, for it's sure. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy being aware of like, I don't know. So yeah, that's like what I was, that's the anxiety that I was facing as around the initial yeah. part where we started coming up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of just like sat there for, I think like an hour or two hours. Yeah. Time was like going by Yeah. and the resistance was heavy mm -hmm. to like letting go. And as we've spoken about before, and I think most people who do psychedelics can agree letting go and surrendering to the experience is yeah. one of the most if not the most essential part of like just being along for the ride of the of the trip mm -hmm. you have to allow yourself to have the experience and i think this this time tripping really made me realize and appreciate the interaction between resistance and surrender in mm. the actual experience of the effects of a psychedelic because yeah, yeah. i think like as we're both expressing that resistance that we were experiencing to like allowing whatever to happen was mm. really preventing us from getting high i think like i likely yeah i felt weird and like you said uncomfortable in my skin that yeah. was like it was just an uncomfortable feeling but i didn't feel like I wasn't having like LSD effects. Yeah. Like I wasn't like feeling into my body and having any visuals and like yeah, having, yeah. like letting my thoughts explore new things. I was just like, the fact that you were there, it kept activating that like social, rational ego part of myself that was like, I had to orient myself towards you and like check in on you and like, yeah. And just like the resistance to letting go with another person there. I remember I couldn't sit still. Like at this point, we're both sitting on the floor. And I remember we had set up a few things around a few books, art books, the brain book, which is yeah. just like a brain textbook we had sitting there. And like Alex Gray's Net of Being. And then the flowers were all around us. Mm -hmm. And I kept, I couldn't sit still. <laughs> like I had to keep fidgeting yeah. and adjusting and like grabbing onto something and like flipping through anything 
to do something or Mm -hmm. like change the music or like be neurotic about that. But like, I couldn't just like sit and allow it to happen because I was like, no, I can't let go. I can't let go. I have to, I have to be the Kaylee that will know as I am to be. I have to like (laughs) respond to him and like look at him and I don't know what's going to happen if I let go and I'm not ready for that. Well, honestly, like I didn't know that you had issues with anxiety until like years into our friendship and i'm like you're, you're revealing i didn't know i had issues with <laughs> yeah it's, like it hides itself from you too it does and like yeah. but that's the thing it's like it builds it's an insidious thing i feel like lots yeah. of mental illness is really insidious and we don't realize like how like that we're having issues with something it takes a lot of awareness i think to be it takes a lot of awareness to be aware of of the things you're the things that are happening and the problems that are coming up yeah. until they're like really bad and then there's yeah. no denying it and then at that point you're deep in it and then you have to kind of work your way backwards to healing whereas if you kind of now that I acknowledge like oh I suffer with anxiety like a lot mm-hmm. because it's so intense right now in my life but when I think about it like this isn't a new thing I can trace back okay I was experiencing anxiety then not to this degree but it was there it was there it was there but I wasn't like tending to it because it wasn't ruining my life and now that it is (laughs) I get to deal with it (laughs) yeah exactly well it's like the uh if you put a frog in boiling water they'll jump out but if you put it in room temperature water then slowly heat it it'll just stay in it'll cook it'll cook yeah exactly and it's like that's the same thing it's like I can look at times in my, in my teenage years where I was just like so full of anxiety, but I'm only aware of it now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know then. And I feel like there's also the idea that like, as a teenager, you don't really know anything about how you're supposed to feel. Oh, and so like, emotion. you don't even realize that you are anxious. You like, you, you don't even, you, like, you don't even know what that is. You just assume that there's, that's how life is. You yeah. assume that's how just everybody is. Yeah. Especially know? when it's like reinforced. Like, I think this is yeah. a different conversation, but like, <laughs> I was one of those kids in school that was like, I think we've talked about this probably like yeah. being like, I was just quiet and I got good grades and I did my mark and it was always like reinforced. It's like, Oh, you're so responsible. You're so mature. You're such yeah. a good kid yeah. for being like quiet and not getting in trouble. And so like, if there was any time that I thought I could get yeah. in trouble, like I remember feeling intense anxiety in like elementary school. Like if I got in trouble for anything, cause I was like, Oh God, like my whole worth is built on being this good kid that mm-hmm. doesn't ever step out of line. And now I'm doing this thing and Oh, it's all going to break down and I'm not going to get the love that I've gotten for being safe and stifled yeah. and like in your own head. Yeah, because being yeah. quiet isn't being mature. Yeah. Oh my God. And this is totally other conversation. But recently, something I've been meditating on and thinking about is maturity and discipline. And I'm realizing that I'm a 23-year-old child who has no <laughs> discipline and no maturity. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't taught it. I wasn't genuinely taught it when I was young. Yeah. I was taught to be quiet and to do my homework. Yeah. I wasn't taught to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And like they yeah. can go hand in hand, but they don't automatically go hand in hand. Yeah. It's like you're, you're doing it just because somebody told you to do it. Yeah. It's like extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic motivation. Yeah. It's like if, um, yeah, like if you, if you can't, yeah, it's like if, if you can't get angry, there's no value in never being angry. It's like you, you can't like, you can't have pride in the fact that you're never angry if you can't be angry it's yeah. only people who know how to be angry and know how to stand up for themselves yeah those are the people who when they choose not to be angry that's coming from a place of power mm-hmm. if you're powerless 
and you're like, oh, I would never hurt a fly. It's, well, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's only the people who can hurt a fly and don't who are disciplined mm-hmm. and to be respected. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, you're just a fucking mixing up idioms here but i think like weak noodle or wet noodle there we go you're like a wet noodle exactly you're just like an underdeveloped human being because it's like from what i've learned from doing self-development is like oh good isn't the baseline it isn't default to be a good person Mm. and i think like like it actually takes a lot of work to be good to yourself and to others and like basically doing the bare minimum as a child and being told like you're good you're great you're good i was like Mm -hmm. oh i'm good but I'm not. Yeah. Like, I haven't done anything to like be good. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a shitty, horrible person, but I just want to be honest with myself and like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to be. You want to be someone who could do evil. Yeah. Who had the capacity to do evil, but choose not to because you want to live by higher values. Exactly. So what like started happening? Okay. So. Oh yeah, we 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 took more. Yeah, we took. We more. decided. We checked yeah. in with each other. There was a moment. I think you were very honest. You're like, I don't know if I'm feeling anything. I didn't feel fuck all. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, anxious. <laughs> exactly, just yeah. anxious and like, oh, we had all these big plans for this big trip, and it was like, okay, we're just gonna waste our day. We could have been doing homework, you know, like yeah. we have shit to do. We're students, yeah. and we're just gonna like lie here all day, feeling uncomfortable and being like, eh, didn't really feel anything. So, <laughs> no, we're like, okay, let's go do some more yeah i think we split the other half of the half that i did you did mm-hmm. a quarter and i did another quarter yeah so in total i did seven twelfths <laughs> yeah seven twelfths and i did three quarters yeah three quarters of a tap. and then we went back to my room and like i think this was a turning point not only because we did more but because we were finally talking again well, I think we like set the stage where it's like, I, I said, I remember saying to you, I don't know exactly when this happened in the trip, but I said like, I don't care what you do. Like if you yeah. are like writhing on the ground, whatever, <laughs> if I'm writhing on the ground, it's like, it's okay. Just like, let go. I like how writhing is like the weirdest thing we can think yeah, of doing. Yeah. Humping the air. I think you've said you've done that on mushroom I've definitely trip. done that on mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, you just like, you just have to move like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I've noticed that I feel very sexual on psychedelics. Yeah. It's a very sexual thing. That's yeah. the thing. Acid has been that for me very much so in the past. And I was like, I don't know. Is Will going to think I'm like a weirdo? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There are other reasons I think you're a yeah, weirdo. Yeah, exactly. That's not the weirdest thing I've ever seen to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then turning point, we're sitting back on the ground and then at this point, like I was like, I was expressing to you this thing that I was going through with the music and you were like, give me your phone. I'm going to go on YouTube and play something. And I'm oh like, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. like, okay. <laughs> the bar, a part of me was like, yes, thank God. Maybe this is what I need. Somebody else to take control and then to relieve me of this pressure. Mm-hmm. And then you put on like a lo-fi uncle Iroma. <laughs> <laughs> like avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like. It's nice. And like, it's obviously calming in background. And like, there's some moving quotes in there from Uncle Iroh. But I was like, this isn't what I want. Like, there was a part of me that was screaming out. And it was like, I would not be happy. Like, fucking stand up for yourself, bitch. Play what the fuck you want. I don't care. Like, it was honestly (laughs) getting to that point. It was like, no. Like, surrendering and just conceding to the resistance was not the answer. And I was like, and I was sitting there on the ground. And I was like, I have to. I have to play something else. I just have to do it. I don't care if it's weird. And weirdly enough, I chose something. What I was being called to play was like something that is 
like maybe on the weirder end of the music I listened to. Yeah. And like, I wasn't even that familiar with the album that I put on yet. Cause I just started listening to it really that morning. It was, um, by the dirty projectors mm. earth crisis. I think the album is called. And I was like, that's like a clear voice came into my mind. It was like, that's what I want to listen to. Yeah, they're Put weird. that on. Yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. very like, they're very eccentric. Yeah. It's really interesting. And like, I was listening to it in the shower that morning and I was like, Ooh, this is like interesting music. This might be cool on acid because there's so many different instruments and so many different like vocal ranges of, yeah. I was like, this could be cool. But I'm like, Oh, but that's weird. Don't do it. But I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. I grabbed my phone. I was like, okay, well, I'm taking back control. I'm going to put something on. And then I just, I did it. I put the fucking album on. Yeah. I, I remember I was, I was still fidgeting a bit. I was now undeniably getting high because I was now had much more LSD in my system. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, going through the thoughts of being really aware of all this resistance I was having and realizing that it was based in this need to produce other people's perceptions of me and being afraid of the unknown mm-hmm. of like not knowing how people are going to react. Yeah, yeah. Because you just can't anticipate that sometimes, especially when you're sharing like a new part of yourself. It's like they could love it. They can hate it. There's a whole range of things that they could how they could react. But it's easier not to even take that that step. But the thoughts I was having were like, it is an absolutely necessary step to take to not know. Like not yeah. knowing is absolutely essential. It's, it necessarily precedes knowing anything mm-hmm. and necessarily precedes having any kind of authentic experience because you have to surrender to what is and just take whatever comes from that. Yeah. Instead of trying to like, manipulate and control every single outcome in your life and like being paralyzed by the fear of not knowing of like Mm. oh i can't anticipate trying to anticipate all the millions of different possible outcomes of your you taking action yeah and then just being paralyzed because you're like i can't risk it there's so many possible things like i'm just not going to do anything ever Mm -hmm. and not express myself ever because that's terrifying and i would just rather save myself the pain but then you're never going to be happy i was never going to be happy and i was realizing that through this music thing um but yeah, yeah that was like that was a profound moment and like on other levels too like obviously the music was something that was being shouting loud and clear to me in that moment but even just the state of my body and like the tension i was experiencing and how i was like not letting myself get high i was like you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's necessary to have an experience because or else you're not, you're just going to be stuck in the state of trying to predict things and trying yeah. to orchestrate something that isn't even real. Yeah. It's like, if you even succeeded at orchestrating something, it would seem so cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're just going to miss out on what could be. Yeah. Cause there's so many, there's so much possibility in just Letting whatever happen, happen. Because mm. like if you yeah, if you're trying if you're stuck in that state of like orchestrating things, then you're gonna you're gonna miss out. You necessarily miss out on the possibilities that are there when you just when you're just authentic. Yeah. Whatever that is. And like that chaos necessarily precedes order. You have to not know before you know. Mm-hmm. Before you learn anything. You have to admit what you don't know. Yeah. You go. Okay. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's like um, like the concept of synergy 
Which, mm-hmm. Whereas like where like the way I've had explained to me is kind of like one plus one equals three. Whereas mm-hmm. like if you start connecting with somebody and you start like building rapport with this person, you're going in the flow of the conversation and everything just runs so much more smoothly. And it's almost as if like you tap into this like higher self that is the two of you together and or whatever, however many people they are, there are. And the conversation is just so much more enjoyable when you get into that state mm-hmm. because everything is just flowing naturally and there's no like orchestration or manipulation to try yeah. to like say the best thing. It's just all coming. And it's like you can say, you can, you can tell a story and it's not about one upping the other person. It's about a genuine desire to share that story. Yeah. And so the story is so much better because of that rather than being like, oh, I know this story and I know if I... You know, they don't want this orchestrated, perfect thing that's tailored just for them. They want you as you are. Mm-hmm. And those are the conversations that are the best. For sure. Those yeah. are the experiences that are the best Yeah, on every level. And so, yeah, those were like the thoughts I was having. And as I was sitting there, I was finally like feeling into my body and like breathing more and just like relaxing. And like I, I said at least I think I said acid is always very body oriented for me. Like it's yeah. just like, I get really in touch and like, it's always so pleasurable. Like I just can't, it's insane. I yeah. like every little like bit of tension and like stretching that normally hurts when I'm in my normal consciousness, all of a sudden it feels like just tingling. Like somebody's like pulling really hard, but it's just like so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I like can't stretch enough and it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like it just feels so good to find those spots of tension and just like pull like gently against them. Yeah. And sitting there on the ground feeling like I could just like scan across my body and find the points of tension. And it was just like watching a little knot just like unravel and float away. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, there's still resistance. You were still there. And I still, like, if you, like, moved or, like, looked in my direction, I felt the need to, like, look and, like, stop what I was doing and, like, what? What what do you need? Tell me what you need. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Or, like, adjust myself so I'm not just, like, I don't know. <laughs> Sunk really in funny it. faces, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, since we were, like, getting more into that flow state together, I was, like, okay, I, I told you cause I, cause I could feel it really coming on. And I was like, okay, well I'm going to, st- I'm going to sit really still now and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to like go off. Yeah. And like, it was more for me. I was like, I just need will to know that I'm doing this so that I can do it with that kind of safety, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And after that, that's when, that's when things really started going for me. I closed my eyes and mm-hmm. I started flying as I was finally sitting still and like had the comfort of you knowing that I was, I was going into it, I could finally release and ride the LSD wave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's amazing. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. I love acid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so my mind, I felt like finally I was just like sunken into it and everything became like, the weight of the present moment was upon me. Wow. And because I wasn't trying to like 
like create something anymore. And I wasn't yeah. thinking about the past. I was just like there. And that, that present moment is so malleable, I guess. And it's just like, mm, you just feel so creative and like, what could I do? I could do anything now. Like all of the constraints in my mind are just like open yeah, and yeah. everything is like alive and rich with sensation and meaning. And I'm just like, yes. What can we think about? What do you want to think about? Anything. Let's, we can solve any problem. Yeah, yeah. And especially this, ah, I felt so like calm mm -hmm. and present. And I like was really letting go of even language. And I, I think at one point I was telling you, it was like, I feel like when I went off like that, when I just like closed my eyes and went off, yeah, I felt like I could work through ideas and come to conclusions mm -hmm. all without language in my mind. Like I could like just shift around my attention and my mind without using words and know things. Like I felt there was like a, that strong, intense feeling of knowing that you get on psychedelics. Yeah. Yeah. And there were no words. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Manipulating of attention because there were no limits in my mind anymore. <laughs> okay. So it was like you, you've been like feeling so far, just like so in your head and just so neurotic and you can't sit still. You can't focus on anything. It's just mm -hmm. like, you're constantly trying to like distract yourself from this anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally just let go, mm -hmm. you found that you could like bring your attention to anything. And like, you didn't need to know anything other than just like what you were currently experiencing. Yeah. It was just like perfectly at ease with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. There's nothing to say. It was crazy. And like, profound but obviously very difficult to put into words like yeah what is knowing without explaining yeah oh my god and that's a whole other thing okay <laughs> yeah i mean like by definition you can't explain the unexplainable yeah. yeah yeah but you can know it yeah what <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay but yeah and like and one of the main like lessons from this trip okay. that I was experiencing at this time was like, it was truly a practice of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and like releasing into that space of yeah. the unknown, Okay, which is something that like, I feel like I'm all right at. Like, I would like to think that I'm good at that because I have, um, I don't even have that much experience with psychedelics, really. Like, it's only been a few years. But, like, mm -hmm. obviously, I, I'm conscious of the idea that letting go is essential. But, like, really letting go? Like, having... that That's the same thing as, like, default isn't good. Like, oh, just because I could have a mushroom trip and I was okay doesn't mean I'm, like, good at letting go. Because, like, now I'm in a, in a place where that's actually a challenge. And I actually have to physically, like, actively work at working into that discomfort with somebody else being there mm -hmm. and with being in control of the music and having it be in my space and all these different things that are causing me to be so neurotic. I was like, wow, this is actually a challenge to let yeah. go. And it was something that I gradually had to work into and release into. And for that, it was very valuable, but it was like, wow. Um, it was intense. <laughs> yeah a long process of disentangling this need to control and present myself in order to keep myself safe. Mm. Um, but then being there 
And meanwhile, like the music was still playing and it was still weird. And there, there would still be bits of resistance, but it was just like, let go. Every time it was just yeah. like a, a further letting go. So at one point I was moving around. <laughs> like, I think I was, I, I like stood up and was walking around and like, yeah, during, during all this, we weren't really talking that much, but like we had opened up the Alex Gray book mm-hmm. and we were looking at a few of his paintings. There was one called boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like, yeah. it was one of those things where we were like, it seemed so simple. And okay. there was one called caring. And yeah. we're like, that is caring. Like yeah. he's expressing caring mm-hmm. through this painting. And like, yeah. he didn't feel the need to call it anything else. Like that is what it is. Like, yeah caring in itself is an emotion or it's like a thing that we can do as human beings for each other. Mm. And that is profound. Like you doesn't, you don't need to make it any more profound than that. Like that yeah. is what that is what depicting. Did they look like? The art. Yeah. It was, um, I think it was an old person. I can't, you know, it's hard to tell cause they're like skeletal, like, yeah, yeah. like anatomical versions of people. I think there was an old person with a tear on their face and a, another person like, reaching back out like their their eyes were connected and the person that was doing the caring was like holding on to them and looking deep into their eyes and like seeing the pain and the pain was reflected back into them yeah. and like you could see like the energy you could see the energy waves like coming off of them and like meeting yeah. in the middle mm-hmm. do you remember that yeah yeah and we were looking at this painting we had it open to this and they're like the other one on that page and I was thinking about that, like how profound it is just to care and like how Alex Gray was expressing that through this painting. Yeah. Yeah. And, but there was something that you said at one point, at one point, and then you asked, like, am I saying that correctly? Or am I like, was that the correct way to do that or express that? And then you stopped and you were like, I don't remember what you said, but you expressed awareness of the fact that you were questioning something that you were saying and you're like oh like why am i even questioning if i'm doing it right like yeah yeah kind of almost like in a shaming way kind of like when you're in self-development and you become very very Mm -hmm. aware of all the things you do and you're kind of used to analyzing yourself and like being meta like that and be like oh why am i doing that or is that good for me but like kind of focusing on a lens of like finding the parts that are wrong with yourself yeah and because my mind was so like, hmm, in that moment, like, cause I was so high and I was like, oh, let's think about that. Let's unpack that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I expressed this to you or if I was just thinking this in my mind, but I was like, hmm, that's totally reasonable though, that we would want to make sure that we are doing it right. Yeah. That we are expressing accurately to our own experience because we only have our own experience. Like Mm -hmm. we're over here in a body, in a nervous system experiencing the world. Mm -hmm. And then there's another body over there, you, (laughs) in a different nervous system experiencing a different world, but we're sharing in this space together. Yeah. And there's like a natural human urge to like communicate that to each other. Like, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm experiencing. And we've created all these different ways, all these different... um, mediums through which we can express our experience to each other Mm -hmm. and it's natural to want to do that accurately you know and i was like you don't have to shame yourself for like wondering if you're (laughs) doing it right you know it's kind of like 
I feel like I'm always like looking up words, yeah, like definitions. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I want to know that I'm using this word correctly and that mm-hmm. this accurately, this word captures the thing that I'm actually trying mm-hmm. to express. And I saw it parallel to like the art and like how that's Alex Gray and artists of all kinds are trying to express their experience mm-hmm. and something that they've seen in their mind, in their imagination, on a psychedelic trip, in a dream, or just regular day-to-day life, like their imagination, what their, how they experience the world. Like we're always trying to share that and express to other people because that's how we share consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's how we create the world is through communication of our own vision and our own subjective experience, right? Yeah, yeah. Whether that's just like by using a word correctly or from making a beautiful painting and the degree to which we're satisfied with our, our expression is the degree to which we think it accurately reflects the authentic experience itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh yeah. And like, it's so funny because I don't like stats. <laughs> I'm not a stats person, but it really reminded me of like multiple regression <laughs> Yeah. and how like you're trying to fit your model to like express this real thing that actually exists out there in the population and you're trying to add variables to account for more of the variance. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of the basic idea as far as I understand. That's what I've taken <laughs> from my degree. Um, yeah. But there's like always necessarily error in that, right? Yeah, like yeah. you can never actually account for all of that variability. You can never actually say with 100% certainty like this is it 100 mm-hmm. percent? because there are so many things it's always so complex in the same way like there will always be error in our expression of our subjective experience because there is only the real thing and yeah. nobody else can experience that yeah you can only give them words or art of some kind and they can like get a bit of that maybe a large percent if you're really good like if you're really good at art if you're really good at expressing yourself mm-hmm. you can give more but there's just always air. Yeah. No one can ever experience what you are experiencing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this is, I love how that you had this experience too. Cause like, it's very similar to something that I experienced also. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited to get into that. I hope yeah. I'm not dominating this conversation. You but are. Honestly. <laughs> 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 um, okay. But like, okay, this next part though is really cool. Okay, wait. So yeah, after walking around for a bit and like these are the thoughts that were going on in my mind about this whole expression thing. And then I had picked up a clear quartz crystal that I had on my bedside table Mm -hmm. that I bought a while ago. And um, yeah, it's just a beautiful object that I keep. I think that objects have whatever meaning we put on them, so... And placebo is strong as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like crystals themselves, I don't know if I believe that they will do anything. But if you believe they do, they do. Okay. Right. Anyway, I don't really need to explain. I don't need to justify why I had a clear quartz crystal. <laughs> clear quartz crystal. But I had one and I was glad I had one. I picked it up. <laughs> yeah. And I was holding it in the palm of my hand and I sat on the edge of my bed. And I was just staring into the palm of my hand at this crystal. Mm-hmm. And I felt so still and calm. And just as I was staring, like everything was falling away. And 
I started to feel like I, I was keeping my focus on the crystal. And as I was doing this, I felt like my perception of where I ended and the crystal began, like that boundary was dissolving yeah. and it was no longer clear. And I, I just, I, it was like, I could feel my body start to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And there was like this calm feeling of peace that was like, you can let go of everything <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. Like you'll be okay. Yeah. And as I was keeping my, this focus, it was expanding beyond me. Whereas like now my whole body was like, I didn't know where it ended and the rest of the room began. And it was just like, let go, let yeah. go. Just like peaceful waves of like, you're good. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you just completely let go of any need to like, control anything or be anything yeah like i didn't even have to be my own body yeah i didn't have to identify with anything it was just pure peace of oneness with the room yeah (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy um and then oh yeah so back to the whole music thing because this is (laughs) a theme that kept going throughout yeah um by this point, the album that I put on by Dirty Projectors had ended and like Spotify was doing its thing where it just plays whatever the fuck is based on that album, like the album radio. And that was fine. Yeah, obviously, I mean, not obviously, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> this was like rising to the peak of my trip was this complete undoing of self. Yeah, yeah. And a song came on that was that really like caught my attention. Mm-hmm. And... I usually don't keep my phone that close during trips, but like it was there and I was like, what song is this? And I reached out and grabbed my phone and it was Echo's Answer by a band called Broadcast. I was like, hmm. And I just went into the album and like played this album, The Noise Made by People by Broadcast. I was just like, this is it now. We're going on this. I felt totally free to do that. Like it was so amazing how fluid this like intuition just came over me. And I was just like, this is the next move to make. Like, I just feel like this is right. I wasn't like caught up in my thoughts, but like, Oh, I don't know. Is that the right mood? What is is this? I don't even know what this is. I was just like, we're doing this. It's happening. It's Mm -hmm. done. No inhibitions at all. Yeah. And, and that seems like such a small thing, but like in the context of everything you said before, mm -hmm. it's like, that's a huge letting go of, your need to like have everything curated perfectly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And it just felt good. And you were still over there doing your thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where you were. Yeah. You'll tell us soon. But yeah, I, at this point, like I laid back on my bed on my back and I was just staring at this clear quartz crystal in between Mm. my fingers. I was just holding it above my face and just like moving it around, just watching how the light played through it, like the different lamps in my room. Mm. And it was just incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was just like in this state of awe. And I was just like completely floored by acid. That's how I describe <laughs> it. Like like that kind yeah. of peaking experience where you're like, I don't I couldn't move and I don't want to move. I'm just like going to lie here and feel like the weight of eternity in this moment. (laughs) And 
I was ha- and like along the lines of what I was saying before about the the uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Uh, 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 the mediums we use to express our subjective experiences to share with others. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how often I take pictures of things that I'm experiencing, mm-hmm. and how often like the experience itself gets um, lost. Yeah, lost or just like like muddied yeah. by this need to try to capture it for later or for someone else. Like that takes you out of the moment. As much as I think it's beautiful, I love photography, I love taking pictures, but it does take you out a bit. And there's so many different ways in which we communicate these days. Like I use Snapchat a lot, which is like taking a picture and then sending it to people or in case you didn't know what Snapchat was. <laughs> or like yeah. Instagram where we like, oh, this is beautiful. But is it like post-worthy? You know, we like ask ourselves these questions and we're always trying to like make a thing into something else yeah. to be given, to be shared with other people. Yeah. It's kind of like it's it's created a technology that you're when you're rewarded for curating or orchestrating something for the benefit of somebody else. And so it's mm-hmm. when you have struggles like you have it's kind of just reinforcing that yeah exactly and i was really like pondering that idea as i was looking at the crystal and the light coming through and how i felt like i was experiencing pure beauty as fully my own experience and without this i mean yeah like i I wasn't experiencing the need to capture it because like i was having this thought about how necessarily I can never give this to somebody else like nobody else can experience this but me yeah even if I were to take a picture there would be that error there like it wouldn't actually capture what I was experiencing in that moment Mm -hmm. even in doing this telling somebody about that I often have that thought when I'm in the experience too like oh I'm going to tell someone that this happened it's almost not enough to just experience something in silence and to never tell somebody about it yeah like you know you want to share stuff with people yeah yeah and that's okay like that's there's nothing wrong with that too but when it becomes so habitual that you end up missing out on like the fullest experience of beauty in a moment okay for yourself because it gets that interference of capturing it or telling somebody or or the thoughts we normally have because like how often do we ever live in a moment like that I feel like because of psychedelics, I know what it feels like to be present. And I'm like, yeah, nobody ever does that. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I don't ever do that. I mean, I think obviously that's the goal with practicing meditation and stuff and doing psychedelics because you're like, okay, I want to bring this more into my life. Fuck, that's, that's hard because that's, mm-hmm. it's, wow. We're always so, there's just so much to think about, so much to plan, so much to like, I don't know. But like, ah. Oh, it's so beautiful. It was just perfect. And like the music playing, because I had never listened to this band before and this album, everything that came on was this new experience. Yeah. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was fully surrendered to the mystery of like, oh, everything. <laughs> and just like that realization that like my, this is my experience. Mm-hmm. And this is so important and so profound. And the only way that I'm, the only way that I could ever share that with people and give it to them in a meaningful way and share my consciousness in a meaningful way is if I f- 
fully have the experience first. Like you have to have the experience before you can tell somebody about it. Yeah. You know, you can't be thinking about how you're going to tell somebody about it when you're having the experience. <laughs> you have to have it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like having a picture of having an experience isn't the same as having the experience. Mm -hmm. But like that's included in it too. I was having, I was realizing that too. Like now that is the experience. You're always having the experience. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're taking away from the experience. But the experience now includes you taking a picture of the thing that you could have just been experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I go to concerts and uh, I'm sure you do too. I'm sure viewers do too. <laughs> oh, back in the yeah, day when the that days, was the yeah. luxury we could afford. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and there's like this need to, to, to videotape it. Yeah. And instead of like getting into the mosh pit or just experiencing the music like uh, so many people are on their phone and like myself included are on their phone trying to record it to post it to instagram or snapchat yeah. or whatever it is and it's like just to be like i was there i'm the kind of person that goes to this kind of concert i yeah, like this yeah. kind of music because like our identity and sharing our identity is so second nature to us now mm -hmm. it's like this automatic thing that we're just like performing ourselves rather than being ourselves yeah yeah and being in our experience and having that be like the most valuable thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah the the time at Oshiaga, like first weekend that i ever tried psychedelics and i was on mushrooms for the second night in a row mm -hmm. at tame impala that was the most incredible music live music experience i've ever had yeah and i didn't capture a single second of it <laughs> for later because i was in it i yeah. had the experience yeah i wasn't thinking about remembering it I was like, I'm here right now. And this is fucking incredible. And like my whole body, my whole mind are like here mm. for it. I remember it. And if I forget it one day, that's okay. Like I still had it, but like mm. I had it. <laughs> it's like, you can't get that back. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that so funny that it's like, especially our generation who's grown up with these technologies we have to like relearn and reteach ourselves just how to experience things because we have so much easy access mm -hmm. to just these distractions that take us out of the experience. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Remind yourself what you've never known. Well, yeah. <laughs> what you probably knew when you were a child of living in the moment. Yeah. Maybe for a bit. But you know what? I, I, I kind of disagree with that. What? You don't agree that when you're a child, you you are in the moment because you don't know how, how to think ahead or look behind? You just I, no, I agree with that. Yeah, okay. My issue is that I don't believe that we should try to return to childhood. Not, no, definitely well, not like childhood as a whole because then just, you wouldn't no, know let, shit. Let me, let me finish. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, <laughs> and I learned this from Ken Wilber reading his book, is there's uh -huh. a difference between indissociation and integration. Yes. Right, and it comes back to what I was saying before. It's like, if you're powerless and you choose to not exert your power, there's no value in that. It's mm -hmm. when you're powerful and choose to not exert your power, that's the really valuable experience. Yes. And so if like you can't, if you can't use your higher forms of cognition and rationality and planning and like all these kinds of things that take us out of the moment, if you don't know how to do that, it's like, sure, you're living in the moment, but that's different from being able to do all those things 
but then being able to be like teaching yourself how to set them aside and be in the moment. Yes, for sure. Yeah. That's exactly, that's what I mean too. Okay, okay, cool. That's 100% what I mean. Perfect. But like, yeah, without all of the explanation that goes beyond that. But yeah, for <laughs> sure. Obviously it's like, yeah, yeah. and that's something that like a lot of people talk about with psychedelics is like, wow, it's such an amazing experience. But like, if I felt like that all the time, I wouldn't do anything. I would just lie there and experience myself as God all yeah, the time. Yeah. And like, that'd be wonderful. But I wouldn't get my degree. I wouldn't like make an a, um, make an impact in the world, or yeah. or like keep myself healthy. I'd probably just die because I would forget to eat, and yeah. you know. Yeah. So I mean, of again, course, of course. Bringing back Ken Wilber, it's like this: waking up, <laughs> mm-hmm. growing up, cleaning up, and showing up. <laughs> and showing up is like, okay, you've done all this cleaning up, growing up, and waking up. Now, what are you actually doing out in the world? Yeah, you need to actually show up as. Yeah this person that you are so there's four different facets it's not like Mm -hmm. you're just going to have this experience of god yeah and then you're going to be the perfectly productive person yeah you'll just bliss out for sure exactly and i think that's like why this process is so hard because obviously like that's why i think like childhood is often used as an example is because like you don't know anything yet so you can't do anything else you have nothing to think about Mm -hmm. but then like we take in so much and we, we kind of lose, we lose that ability to be present because yeah. we just like, well, because our world doesn't teach meditation from a yeah. young age. So <laughs> maybe it'd be different if we like learned how to do that, like learned how to be integrating as we go along. Yeah. Like, oh, I know more now and I know mm-hmm. how to stay present and we'll integrate that and then we'll move on to the next stage. But no, we go like a long time of just taking in more and more shit and losing more of ourselves and losing more of the moment. And it's like, ah, oh, we feel like mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go backwards now and like heal all of that, integrate all of that just so we can get to this point and then, but also like be learning how to, yeah, how to let go of that at the same time and be present. It's like, it's the cycles <laughs> of, uh, of differentiation and integration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah. But yeah. So it was nice. This was a good experience. A and very was, nice day. Oh, <laughs> the nicest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the whole point of this, essentially I am not going to be able to put into words how incredible this felt yeah. and how amazing and how beautiful and at peace I was. And just, yeah, like the process it took to get there of like all the resistance and the uncomfortable yeah. and, the, and the tension, but then finally learning to let go and just like, Wow. All with you there, which is like the main point of the conflict in the beginning. Yeah. So. Well, I just, I was, I was a representative of what you were doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like that would have been there always. That was always there. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I was also there, it just became so much more clear that there's this like presence within your own mind Mm -hmm. that constantly relates everything you do back to like what is the other going to think about this yes and now that i was there it gave you kind of like a focus to say no 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 it's okay like let go of your need to be curated for will and just Mm -hmm. be in the present moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there there are a few moments where i was lying on the bed just having my experience and um (laughs) okay and um and i'd hear you like laugh or something there'd yeah. be like a little like ha. <laughs> like because you were in it too you were oh, having yeah, your yeah. own experience and i was like is he laughing at me <laughs> yeah it would like there would be a part of me that would just be like 
what's he what's he doing should i ask him what's funny you know when someone like makes a sound and you're like what yeah what tell me what what is yeah. it but i'd be like no i'd like gently guide myself back to be like it's okay you know and like letting that go like if he is laughing at you that's fine that's his experience that's yeah. none of my business what yeah. he's laughing at but if it's something else like good for him like well it didn't matter either way i was i was seeing like the separation between like whatever that is like me unable to to know what, what you were experiencing yeah. and being okay with that and yeah. to just like focusing bringing the focus back to my own experience and letting go dude like you just you just explained perfectly how you kind of cure social anxiety or at least one way to cure social anxiety is that like when you notice these thoughts come up where you're like oh what are they thinking about me it's like you just say no 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 it's fine and mm. let it go and that's easier said than done of course yeah. but like doing that repeatedly constantly just like saying no i'm not going to engage with these thoughts i'm not going to engage with these fears you know and love them and accept them don't reject them but just say no i'm not going to engage with you and just breathe it out calm yourself down and go on and eventually those things will come up and it'll just be like whatever yeah like, yeah yeah exactly but then yeah that was it Cool. For a while, that was the peak. Yeah. So yeah, this went on a little bit longer than we had planned. So what we're going to do is end it here today. And then we'll upload a part two um, to follow this. That basically outlines my experiences. And then we'll finish it up just kind of touching in with how things went after that. Mm -hmm. After we kind of came back together. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you want to check us out on social media, we now have a Twitter, uh, wild and theology, and we do have an Instagram called wild and theology as well. There's nothing on it yet. Nothing on it yet. Nothing on it yet, but stay tuned. you can follow us and, uh, big things to come. It's going to be big <laughs> things. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to me talk about acid. Bye. Sorry. That was